Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Hi, this is an episode of our series on biculturalism. Here we have me, Vihan, and my co-host, Sovin. Today we are interviewing two parents who are both immigrants from two different countries. Hello, Miss and Mr. Giles. Thank you for participating in our podcast. Miss Giles is from Vietnam and she came to the U.S. at eight years old in 1975 after the fall of Vietnam. Mr. Giles is from England and immigrated to the U.S. when he was 30 to marry Mrs. Giles. Mr. Giles is an executive at a fintech company and works with a very diverse team, so being familiar with different cultures is important to his success. Miss Giles is an executive consultant and loves playing pinball. She grew up in the Bay Area. All right, so our first question is going to be, was the transition from your home country to this country overwhelming, or did you guys find certain similar aspects between the two that made the transition easier? Now, for both of you, it's a little different because you both came from different countries. Okay, so for me, it was a bit more challenging because I didn't speak the language. I didn't even know the word hello. You know what I mean? Literally, I didn't speak the language and the culture is very um, new and different. And so it was a a long journey to assimilate. So for me, I had an entirely different experience. Uh, I'm from England. I speak English. And I've seen a lot of American movies, so I thought I knew what I was was getting into. And I came over here, and I think what was most challenging for me was just the fact that I was doing it when I was 30 years old. So I'd already grew up in an environment and was very familiar with a particular way of life. And I had to change that way of life. And that was partly learning to understand the American culture, learning to understand the Vietnamese culture, It was us living together, me changing jobs, and moving from a a very different environment. So I grew up and lived in the country, green fields all around me, to the middle of Silicon Valley. So I did have my challenges, but nothing like uh, Tu Yet went through for sure. Mm. I understand that. It must have been very hard for both of you guys to assimilate into American culture. For Tuyet, it was the fact that she came so young from a different country and didn't know how to speak the language. And for you, Mr. Giles, it was probably the fact that you came so late in life. It was kind of hard to change the habits that you've been growing up with for so many years. That's exactly right. So was it easy or very hard for you guys to assimilate into American culture? And what about your beliefs? Did you have to change or what cultural norms did you have to adapt to? So for me, I think it was a quite a straightforward transition, or so I thought at the time. I think that the last 10 years, certainly the last four years for me, have really highlighted to me that whilst I thought I knew what the American culture was like, 
I realize it's a very narrow view of America. It's not just California, it's very much Silicon Valley. So my view of American culture is very narrowly focused on Silicon Valley. As I work with more people, I begin to understand other aspects of the American culture. And so for me, I still find it something that I continue to learn about every day in the same way that I learn about other people's cultures from other countries. I don't think I necessarily had to adapt any of my beliefs. I happen to be a Christian. I was a Christian in England. Uh, we continue that faith here. So I think our fundamental beliefs and the fact that it's a Western culture and move into another Western culture uh, was relatively straightforward to me. Um, so first of all, you did a great job summarizing what we said earlier. And you're right. It was difficult for me. It was kind of double-edged sword. It was difficult, meaning because we were very poor, but at the same time, because I came here when I was eight. And so research shown that when you come here, when you're younger, you assimilate easier. And so it was easy for me. And also the fact that I love to talk, it helped even more. Right. And so, so it was easy and hard in that way. Um, the culture is definitely like, you know, for example, when I was growing up, I couldn't go to dances because my parents is going to dance. is like having fun and you should be focused on your studies. You shouldn't be having boyfriends, you know, and things like that. Or just having fun with friends. No, you had to be heads down and study, which, you know, is good because, you know, I'm successful today because I did that. But that was one example of a belief and a cultural difference. There were many, and I think we don't have enough time for me to share all of them, but I think hopefully that one example was good enough. I mean, you know, I, I'm personally Indian, so like I kind of have exposure to like Eastern beliefs, I guess you could say a little bit too. So I was just wondering though, were there any things that, you know, for both you thought that would have been hard, but weren't as hard when you came here? Like any things that you found similar? I think for me, I don't really see any of those transitions as hard or difficult or even that surprising. So as I was growing up, a lot of the TV shows that I was watching would have come from America. And so I felt somewhat familiar with American norms, American just way of life. Uh, there are definitely differences in way of life, but they're more uh, you know, practicalities rather than beliefs or cultural differences. Uh, and a hilarious example that tripped me up for many months uh, when I first got here was trying to order a glass of water in a restaurant and the waitresses or waiters would just stare at me and say, well, what's this guy saying? You know, it took me a while to get to water as opposed to water. And it was interesting coming into an environment where there isn't such a large difference in accents. And so people do have a hard time understanding it. It was the first time in my life I'd actually come across that. And it made me think, it's like, well, if I'm experiencing this, I, I can't imagine what it would be like for anyone from you know, a radically different culture or speaking a second language, what it must be like for them. But I think in general, because I had an expectation of what America would be like, it didn't feel hard. It was just different. 
um, some practicalities that just tripped me up every now and again. Now, the other flip side of it is you had the question, you know, the similarities between the two of us that made the transition easier. So, you know, it's one thing to say, I grew up in America, my heart, I'm still Vietnamese. And so entering my relationship with Greg and our marriage, there is, a, you know, a bit of also challenging of Eastern and Western culture mm -hmm. in how we are partners and also how we raise our daughter. But to answer the question, because I simulated into the Western culture, it made a little bit easier. So even though I'm Vietnamese, Greg married someone who has Western values and thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. So you were Vietnamese and adapted to the American culture, which was a large change. I was English adapting to the American culture, which is a small change. So we're able to find similarities because you were more, you were aware of the Western culture mm -hmm. and grew up with the Western culture. My exposure to the Eastern culture was very shallow and naive. And so I think as we were going through our first few years, that was a lot of learning for me. It also wasn't surprising. You know, I'd already embraced the fact that I was learning a new culture. So it wasn't as if I was attempting to impose my Western values over the top of it. It was something I wanted to embrace. Although I have to admit, I still can't speak the language other than food and salutations. <laughs> so turning this towards kids. So your teen daughter, Madison, was born in Silicon Valley, California. So how are you helping her experience the culture and values that both of you grew up with? And then why is it important to us? So we help Madison experience the culture and values that we grew up, meaning that, you know, even though it was limited for me, only eight years in Vietnam, the eight years was enough to be exposed to the culture. And because there's a big population of Vietnamese community in Silicon Valley in the Bay Area. So it was easy for me to say, okay, New Year's is a big event, right? We call it that. And so we take her to um, Vietnam town on, you know, Tolly Road or, and we, you know, teach her like, you know, this is the food that you celebrate and why do you celebrate New Year's? And, you know, what's the importance of the dragon dance and why do we make it such a big deal uh, to celebrate that? And so things like that, I exposed her since, you know, she's born. We, we have family gatherings and I explained to her like, you know, in New Year's and then during the fall, we have this thing called uh, Autumn Festival. It's kind of like your Diwali, right? And so we think of it as gathering, getting together, having food, but we expose her to making the lanterns we actually make the lanterns and then we do a procession right and so she grew up with lots of it though it's unfortunate that i didn't teach her or didn't speak to her in vietnamese 
but she's very exposed. If you ask her, you know, she'll tell you that she's British Vietnamese more so than American. Yeah, British, British Vietnamese American. And so from a British perspective or an English perspective, we don't necessarily celebrate the different national holidays. There's obviously a large overlap because there are two Christian countries. So we've got the same observances, uh, things like Easter and um, Christmas. Then there's other holidays and whether that's a, you know, we have a, a May Day, which is basically a spring festival. We have another uh, celebration in the autumn. You know, virtually every culture has an autumn festival of some description. We do talk a lot about you know, what it would be like in England and how it would be different or the same. In addition to that, though, you know, one of the stark differences, I think, between the, the two of us, Tuyat and I, um, is the, the different um, way that we think about humor um, and our different thinking around humor. And so I think for me, when I think about the cultural, not necessarily the values, but the cultural elements, there are other aspects of the British culture. Um, Monty Python is a classic one where, you know, we do celebrate the differences between our culture. And so I think Madison lives in this unique space where she both fully embraces uh, aspects of the Vietnamese lifestyle, the, the British lifestyle, as well as the American lifestyle, and manages to blend them all together. And so as Tierra said, her self-declared cultural identity is British, Vietnamese, American. Yeah, the, the other thing that I think was important is the food. So mm -hmm. when you think Vietnamese, you think of pho, right? It's like when you, I think of Indian, I think of curries, right? Wonderful. Uh, now that we're exposed to it, you know, dozas, right? But you think of the food first. And so Madison is exposed to all the Vietnamese foods. You know, it's great that she loves them. And so we get, I get to enjoy them, but otherwise I've heard of other biracial families where, you know, the Western partner and the kids don't like some of the Vietnamese foods because some of it involves this stinky sauce called fish sauce and they're like ew you know but she loves it and then so she she thinks of it like pho and then on the british side we have the shepherd's pie and mince pies and so when visually or when she thinks about food she thinks of you know she is like pho uh where pho meets mince pies and so that's another way that we help her experience the culture and with respect to the values as I alluded to earlier, Vietnamese culture is very much about uh, respect and obedience. And so we instill that in her, um, whether she's speaking to, you know, like, for example, you know, she would say Dr. Lena. She wouldn't say, you know, Miss Lena or Lena, you know, in the Western culture, you know, if your uncle, you just call him, hey, Sam, right? And I, you know, we say to Madison, no, if he's your uncle or he's an elder, you say Uncle Sam. You don't just say Sam. So that's an example, a very simple example of the Asian culture. I see. That's really interesting because finding ways to kind of incorporate your home culture into a place where 
culture is so vibrant and so like out there it's kind of hard so to see that you guys have found success in doing it is really um impressive but my next question is what advice would you give to other multicultural families about cultural disagreements such as different ideas views thoughts and beliefs that cause friction and how did you deal with them okay so i i think i have a good example the good thing about our relationship is we're very open from the start and so if we do have disagreements the first thing we do is we talk about them we don't just go the silent treatment type of thing or play the mind games we don't do that in our family we share that and we say well i am not happy right now for the following reasons or i'm sad because and so we talk about them but do we come to an agreement no but it may be days and so we deal with it that way but first and foremost we openly talk about that and that in itself is a cultural difference because in the western culture is very open and we talk openly but if i didn't embrace the western culture i would be quiet i would just internalize my feelings like my sister does she's older than me and so she's still not assimilated and so when she does have disagreements she will internalize and keep quiet and that in itself can be explosive later on right but within our family i think we openly talk about it wouldn't you say so greg yes i think so and i think to make it tangible we don't deal with a lot of disagreements between our cultures there are considerable differences but we both come from a place of embracing each other's culture and respecting the fact that there are differences I think one area, though, that is tangible uh, that Tuya mentioned earlier is this notion of fun. So within a, an English uh, culture, I believe, you know, somewhat American as well, it's important for kids to be kids. It's important to have a balance of focus on education as well as some aspect of having fun, because the aspect of having fun, it isn't just, oh, you're going to be happy at the end of it, you're enjoying yourself. It by itself is a different sort of learning experience. The learning experience that you will get from fun activities, maybe interacting with your friends, understanding how to build those social interactions, understanding how to deal with uh, personal disagreements. Or, you know, as a boy growing up, I, a lot of those activities would be hands on. We would be either running, playing, uh, you know, uh, swimming, going in the streams, all by ourselves without our parents. They're all learning activities but they're not education-based or academic-based activities. And I know, you know, some points that we've had discussions around certainly have been about that, trying to get a balance, both feel is reasonable uh, and acceptable and marrying that into the Silicon Valley life because the Silicon Valley life certainly is very different, presents very, very different pressures uh, for, for children in this environment. And if I can add to this, um, we actually do not have a lot of disagreements. Mm -hmm. But when we do have cultural disagreement, it's always around parenting. Mm -hmm. 
it's around parenting. And, and I cannot overemphasize that. But otherwise, we're very two amicable people. And sometimes people even say, ew, we're too lovey-dovey. But when it comes to parenting and in Silicon Valley, yep, definitely cultural differences. So flowing into the next question, does your daughter question you or sometimes not want to follow your culture or belief system? Yeah, so I think I'll expand on this question a little bit um, to include sort of cultural and belief differences. And I'll take a more liberal definition of belief. So it's not just religion aspects of it. I think fundamentally, Madison has been embracing of our cultures because she's been immersed in them since day one. So if you immerse somebody in something, you don't really know any different. And you're correct to observe that you know, as she gets more exposed to school and she goes through teenage years and her friends have more influence, there is an opportunity then for that to be biased more towards the American culture. I personally believe that she's still very embracing of those. Um, she enjoys all aspects of our culture. That doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, differences in, you know, what we expect of her and, and what she does. So I think that certainly within Silicon Valley and is prevalent across many aspects of the, you know, different developed countries. Our, our things around social interactions, our emphasis on the digital environments, such as the one we're actually uh, being part of here. And I, I think, you know, our fundamental belief, and it is a belief, though not a religious belief, is that these are actually very negative uh, experiences in the early development years. I think as adults even, we sometimes struggle to deal with them effectively. I think they're particularly problematic as somebody is developing and growing up. Um, and I see a lot of value in personal relationships, personal interactions. And so this extends into multiple areas, even to things like, you know, so what about a phone? Um, is it appropriate to have a smartphone or is a flip phone good enough? So I think there's a lot of areas like that where beliefs are different. I, I can't think of too many cultural differences that we've, or challenges that we've had with Madison. Yeah, no, I don't think so at all. I think that Madison embraced both our culture and the American culture. I think it more has to do with teens. I think it's more about the development of it, of the stages that you guys are in, right? The teens, years where you want to gain your independence. It's not so much, oh my God, my mom is Vietnamese. I'm so embarrassed. She's, she's doing Vietnamese things. And, or, you know, we're celebrating Vietnamese uh, New Year. We're doing this or we're eating Vietnamese food. No, as a matter of fact, she embraces it and, and she is proud of that. But where the difference is, you know, what she questioned us is more around, like I said, it's teen years. It's not cultural. So that makes sense because I think the questioning is a teen thing. But as you said, you've raised your daughter very well to embrace that culture and not be ashamed of it. So leading into our next question, have there ever been situations where you guys do get into a conflict with your daughter over cultural situations? And what did you do in those situations to, you know, de-escalate and keep everything calm? So, yes, 
there, there is an example in the Vietnamese culture. Um, we rarely say, I love you, unless we truly mean it, you know, like, I'm like, you know, everybody goes, I love you. And I love you. I love you. And I'm like, you know, no, I don't. But Madison likes to hear that. And so we get into this conflict where she feels that I don't love her because I don't say it right. Or it gets from that to an escalation where we would be arguing over silly things. And so one of the things that we do to de-escalate, and it, I know it sounds funny, but we all do a timeout, right? And so what I would say personally is I'd say, I'm going to step away from this conversation. I love you, but we all need to go to our rooms. And so that worked. And that took me a while before I was just responding, reacting. And as I went to like parenting classes, they say the best form of de-escalation is actually to take ourselves out of the situation. And when I say ourselves, parent out of the situation, because really you can't really send a teen to a room because I think they like going to their rooms. And so, so I go to my room and it worked for us. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Uh, thank you very much. That was a really good answer to the question because it was a very complicated question because, you know, conflicts are hard to figure out and sometimes, you know, they can get out of hand. So having a good and reliable way to keep them stable is, is good. So now I'm going to ask you, what's your message to all the parents listening to this podcast? So when I think about the parent point of view, obviously I was a parent. And I can remember when Madison was born in those first few years. And I think that, you know, we as parents have got our own set of pressures. Um, like yet said, we don't have a manual. We're figuring out as we go. We do talk to other parents a lot. Uh, some of those parents happen to come from similar cultures, some from diverse cultures. We are lucky within our family that we've got a wide network of friends with a lot of very, very diverse backgrounds, um, including um, a whole set of different Eastern cultures as well as different Western cultures. And, and we try to sample all of them. What I would say to any parent, and I have seen parents struggle and we have helped different parents talk, uh, talk through their struggles, is that it, it is important to impart upon our children, the cultural values and beliefs that we grew up with, we have an identity and that identity is important. It's also important though, to have some understanding um, of the American culture and beliefs. We all came here for different reasons, but we obviously thought that this was a good place to be. And what constitutes, you know, the, the values and beliefs of a country. It's the people within them. And that's embodied by their culture. So there must be some aspects of the culture which are good, and they may be different. It's important to understand them and then understand how to blend those with your cultures and beliefs that you grew up with. We have seen situations where parents will be a little overbearing and tend to impose their 
beliefs and culture they grew up with, um, yet be very detached from the American American way of doing things. And it's not that the American way of doing things is necessarily better, but we're all living in the same place. And so coming to a common understanding, a common set of beliefs, some middle ground for a lot of these aspects is challenging, but very important. And it's up to us as parents to navigate that, not leave it to our kids to figure it out uh, and help them bring through them, that, that, bring them through that journey. So, so I'll piggyback on what Greg said. I think as much as we say, you know, my advice to the teens is to ask, also the parents, is to have your, you know, that network and also to ask. Um, but at the same time, um, the, the, the students are, you know, they're in Silicon Valley. They live in America. And so meet them where they're at, which is here, right? Um, and for teens, it's talk less, hugs more, more hugs, sorry, um, show support. And that's always hard because we want to, you know, um, instill our values, what was taught in our homeland, what was taught by our culture. But again, they're here. You guys are here. And so we have to meet where you guys are, right? And we all have bad hair days, right? And so be empathetic. And uh, I mean, I say that, but it's still very hard for me, um, but I'm learning, right? And so for me, um, when it comes to safety, I'm very firm. Everything else, I have to pick my battles. For example, if she wants to put on makeup, okay, fine. Help her get the makeup she wants and one less battle, right? But I understand it's easier said than done. Um, but what I've learned is the more I practice, um, the easier it gets to um, alleviating and de-escalating those, um, those conflicts or disagreements. Yeah, that's actually a really good piece of advice. If you kind of lighten up and see where your children are coming from, it'll avoid unnecessary conflicts. So, in this episode of Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, we interviewed two parents who are both immigrants from two different countries, and we learned more about biculturalism. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This is the Tarika Foundation, and you are listening to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving. Be sure to stay safe and stay home. You are listening to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharika Foundation. As part of our youth series, we will be releasing new episodes every Friday, so make sure to continue to check those out. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and thank you so much for listening.